This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, power hour number two inside the locker room here. And I want to make sure that we do this justice. That's (laughs) right. It's Wednesday. It's not just a hump day. It's not just a hump day. It's a Wex Wednesday. That's right. We got the man, the myth, the legend himself, Jim Wexel, joining us live on the phone lines. He's entered the locker room. He has a newspaper under his arm as he's strolling through with his house slippers on, (laughs) ready to sit at his locker and read a a fine edition of a digital newspaper called the Steel City Insider because he's the editor-in-chief of that one. Plus, he also had... He also has a locker that smells of rich mahogany that's full of books that he's written because he's an author as well. Do you smoke a <laughs> pipe too, Matt Wex? <laughs> Definitely has a pipe. Definitely has a pipe and a monocle. Um, but, you know, the Palomalo paperback edition, which you can find at Barnes & Noble's, great stocking stuffer for all the Steeler fans out there that want to know the history of the great Troy Palomalo. You can get that there, or you can go to jimwexel.com. But, yes, it is Wex time. How are you doing, Wex? I'm doing great. I mean, each week this introduction gets more elaborate, and there's a lot of humor in this one too. I mean, you know, strolling into the locker room with my coffee and a newspaper, I thought I was going to sit down next to Jack Lambert with coffee and cigarette. You know, isn't that something that that really defines the difference in generations? Was back in the day, I remember ashtrays being attached to the outside of our lockers. You know, I mean, literally, there were ashtrays. And and then uh, after Lambert retired, they suddenly disappeared. I just, <laughs> I just came across a quote that a, a reporter was talking to an anonymous assistant coach for the Steelers. And they and the, the reporter said, the NFL just um, banned um, uh, smoking in the locker room. And the coach said, Who's going to tell Lambert? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody. Nobody told yeah, exactly, exactly. We're banning this, but but you know what? We, we, we'll just allow him to do it. We just will turn a blind eye. <laughs> I still remember watching him at halftime, like in the first couple of games, and watching Lambert in full battle regalia, you know, all padded up at halftime. He's got those forearm pads are a little bit bloody. You know, you got uh, some bloody knuckles, that sort of thing. And he's talking to Woody Woodenoffer, who's standing at the the uh, one of the chalkboards in the locker room in the middle of it. And, and he's yelling at Woody, you can't do that. You can't run that versus this and that. And his, he's got a cigarette in his hand while he's gesturing to Woody Woodenoffer. And I'm going, wow, this is crazy. I've never seen this before. <laughs> You know, uh, I I interviewed Jack. Uh, I tried to interview him for my first book, mm-hmm. and he didn't return the call. Okay. And uh, I wrote all kind of cool stories about Lambert because it was about the 1979 Steelers, and everybody had a cool Lambert story. So the book was full of them, even though he didn't respond. So the second book was Where Are They Now book, and I called him again, just perfunctory, just to call and so I can say he didn't respond again. Right. But he did. He called me back. I said, I'm surprised you called me back. He said, I don't normally call people like you back, but I read your first book, and it was the best Steeler book I ever read, so how can I help you? 
Uh, and so, uh, oh. so, so we finished the interview. And of course, he was very cantankerous throughout. He kept saying, tell me when I'm on the record, meaning what he had just said was not on the record. Right, right. Yeah. And then he, uh, he, he mocked me for wanting to end the interview before I got philosophical and asked good questions. I said, that's as philosophical as I get, Jack. And he goes, man, you got this young generation. I don't know. So I, 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 sent, I sent him the book, and he writes me a letter back. It started, it's New Year's Eve. I'm in my friend's party. I'm downstairs. I just opened up a Michelob and lit up a Tarrington and thought it would be a good time to write you back. And really? Said, uh -huh. He said, I read this book, and I, I still think your first book was the best Steeler book ever written. <laughs> like, in other words, this book sucks, but I still like the other one. <laughs> that's great, oh, wow. though. Yeah. Oh, the New gosh. Year's Eve party, that's what he's doing, is writing, writing me back with a Tarrington and a Michelob. <laughs> there you go. Hey, hey, at, le at, least you, at least you got that protected space, you know? Think about that. He said, exactly. I, have to, I have to break away from this party because I need to write Jim Wexel back and write and write <laughs> what, 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 what is, what is now something antiquated, right? Write him a letter, put pen to paper. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> well, that's, that's the, I don't know if dichotomy or juxtaposition is the right word, but that's the, that's the paradox of Jack Lambert is, you know, this biker who's very raw and rough and seemingly uncouth is a man of letters. Yeah. He reads yeah. voracious reader. And he, I wasn't the first guy he's written back. I remember Vic Ketchman, my boss would always get letters from him and uh, he's a man of letters and very interesting. Of course, so interesting. I want to write a book about him that he keeps, uh, <laughs> at least uh, I called him back 15 years later. He goes, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> that is so Lambert like. I said, I said, I want to write that book. He goes, Didn't we talk about this? I said, Yeah, 15 years ago. <laughs> he said, Well, I tell you what, if I do decide to write the book, you're my guy. So I got that much going for me right, right. now. A couple more, a couple go. more years, I might try him again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then you'll get a, and then you'll get a maybe. Maybe plus. <laughs> Wex, yeah. let me ask you something. How has interviewing players over the years changed? You've been you've been at this for a while, and and what well, do you see with with the newer players versus the older players? You know, people are people, and while there is a new breed, and they're more social media driven, they can get their message out themselves. Mm. And the other thing, they're always they're always facing young reporters asking about social media, uh, media, uh, you know, just the, the 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 gossip and all the all the crap on social media mm. is brought into the locker room and and written about. I mean, a lot of these writers are not writers; they're tweeters, and oh. they just live on social media. So I think that's affected the players some, but you still get. You still get uh, young, uh, insightful, introspective uh, players. You know, I think of Broderick Jones right now. Mm -hmm. uh, I really like Joey Porter Jr. 
a little out of breath. Sorry, I've been pacing furiously telling Lambert stories. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, you wouldn't be the first guy he took your breath away from, you know what I mean? (laughs) You're still going to find insightful guys that want to talk, talk football, talk life. And, you know, sometimes those two topics converge. Yeah. So I don't want to write off an entire generation. Yeah, no, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, as as you as you get ready, you know, mentally for what this week is and, and just what's on the line. I mean, do you get a sense of urgency, you know, around the locker room from the players or you know, kind of guys understanding what what what's in front of them Saturday? You know. Um... I spent yesterday doing more big picture stuff. I had uh, Vic Ketchman and Ed Bouchette on a podcast. Oh. And we were talking big picture, Mike Tomlin's future. It's a really good podcast. I mean, you know those two guys, Wolf. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, Max, you know Ed. But Vic, Vic covered Chuck Knoll from the beginning. And yeah. uh, he covered Chuck Knoll's 2-10 start in 1988. And I remember Vic in the office being besieged. I, I mean, I know – we're all closer to fans now because of social media, but the fans were just as close and intense and vilifying the media that supported a coach who was going through a two and 10 season. And I remember all the grief Vic used to take. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't on your phone. It wasn't on Twitter, but I don't know. Those calls got through. Those letters got through. There's a lot of complaining about the reporters who supported guys like Mike Tomlin right now. So we talked about that on the podcast yesterday, and I did, I did want to talk to Pat Peterson about playing free safety, uh, and that was an insightful interview. And I talked to Eric Rowe, who was the strong safety yesterday. Trenton Thompson was um, absent, but he may be back today. So I don't want to say Eric Rowe is going to be the strong safety, but Pat looks like he's going to be the free safety. And he got a taste of that last week, and I, I asked him, I said, do you – do you feel that playing center field gives you a better chance at making game-changing plays? And his eyes lit up. It's obviously what he'd been thinking about. You know, last week, if I'd only made a step, this a decision a step earlier, I could have changed that game, things like that. So mm-hmm. he's excited about, about being able to play free safety at his age and trying to transfer all his wisdom and experience into some game-changing plays. So I'm excited to see him play free safety this week. Other than that, I didn't get into the Mason Rudolph thing. I, I know Mason. I know he's going to say all the right things. I didn't go to the press conference. <clears throat> and uh, he did say all the right things. Yeah. And who isn't rooting for Mason Rudolph? This is a guy that came to work every day. Deontay Johnson, Pat Fryermuth both said the same thing. He was an inspiration for how he handled his demotion. He was an inspiration to the rest of the team. Deontay Johnson said, he's got a better attitude than me, and I'm playing, and he's not. And that made me think. And so I guess if you make Deontay Johnson think, you're you're doing some teaching. So uh, everybody's rooting for Mason. And uh, uh, so – those are the storylines this week, the, the really injury-ravaged defense and the uh, new quarterback. You know, it's interesting because, you know, in, in speaking about Eric Rowe, I mean, this guy, is, is, the guy's a, a nine-year vet. 
I mean, it's not like this guy hasn't been there, done that before. And, of course, you know, I know that he was out of football, you know, for 11 months ago. He was, uh, you know, with the Miami Dolphins. I know he's got a couple of rings. The thing is, um, he's badly needed. Is he going to be able to play that strong safety spot? I, I just... I, it's just like amazing to me the plague that has hit the inside linebacker uh, in safety position right through and through. I don't think I've ever seen a run of injuries so attack and decimate an area of the defense or offense, for that matter, uh, such as it is here. I mean that you've got guys literally coming on new guy and bringing a guy that was a corner playing free safety. It's uh, that's where the game's going to be won and lost. And Eric Rowe came into the league as a corner. He was a corner for five years, and he was moved to strong safety. And mm. he, he intercepted a pass against Ben. He intercepted Ben in the AFC Championship game uh, in, in 2016, well, the 2016 season. Um, I asked him, it, he has two career picks against the Steelers. I said, is that, is that the reason you're here? No, I doubt that. I think it has more to do with injuries. I was going to say, did he have to turn in his Ben ball? You know, I mean, (laughs) hey, I got this. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, he's he's confident. (laughs) Yeah. Well, let's hope that. He's confident. I I hope that, you know. And then in talking about Mason, um, yeah, you're right. I'm I'm excited for Mason to have this opportunity. I'm not. I feel, you know, I feel for Mitch. I understand. I've been in that position where, you know, in your career where, you know, you got your starts and all of a sudden towards the end of your career, it's like, wow, you know, but it is what it is. And so to have this opportunity, and again, it's not all laid at Mitch's feet. You know, it's not like Mitch went out and lost that game. There's plenty of pans in the pile with people who didn't perform enough to be able to secure a win. And so it, it's a loss on everybody. But at the same time, the way you can affect an offense most is at the quarterback position. I mean, let's that's, that's be real about that. Well, the thing about Mason, he throws and has been through the last couple of years with Pickett. You know, all three guys you get to watch closely at camp and practices. He throws the best deep ball. He so does. I, I wanted to ask Deontay about that, but I, I know you know I know what they're supposed to say, and then they say it. But I felt some excitement from him because he gives those guys the best chance to make home runs. Mm-hmm. So, and and I'm sure George Pickens is uh, has the potential to make some big plays with Mason lofting. You know, he throws a beautiful deep ball. His arm's not that strong. You know, he doesn't throw the out like Kenny Pickett does. But, man, he really puts some loft on that long ball, and it, 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 he has the accuracy. So that, that's an exciting aspect to watch out for. Yeah. No, it's going to be interesting. Um, <clears throat> you know, as I look at kind of this game, and like you said, the, the situation that Mason's going into, I mean, you know, I remember the last start, and it was, it was 50 passes. <laughs> and – against a, a winless Detroit Lions, who still remained winless, but they came out with a tie against us last time we played. Um, you know, I don't foresee this being one of those things where, we're, where, where you're going to ask Mason, we need you to throw it around the yard for a lot of yards um, and a lot of passes. I, I, You know, I see this kind of, you know, can he come in and can he be efficient with some of the passing opportunities, but really lean heavy into the run? Um 
because I think you have to get back to the run game that you had established, uh, you know, in prior weeks in the middle of the season. And really you need to un- unlock that potential, especially since you had success against it, against those Bengals in the midst of those runs when you were just racking up yards on the ground. And yes, it will be prepared for it, but um, you know, do you see this as one where, you know, it might be one where I could be completely off and, and they could say, you know what, we we got to pass and we got to unlock the game. We got to hit those Pat fire move plays across the middle. Um, I know Pat's on the injury report. Um, didn't practice yesterday, but um, yeah, I mean, do you see this as something where it's out to like, oh, we're going to prove a point by trying to put it in the air? Or do you feel like this would be something where it'd be more of a ground approach um, in this process? Well, you know, with Mason's experience, they could open up with him. You know, they could confidently open up with him throwing on first down. And that, you know, I think his weakness is his processing speed and sackability. And so, throwing on first down kind of limits that, especially if you're hitting your tight end. And we saw the Bengals. It wasn't just that game that the Bengals were weak against tight ends. And so uh, you can attack the tight end. You can attack the tight end and then open up your running game. I mean, they could use the pass game to open up the run game, but the run game, especially with DJ Reader out, the run game has to be the bulk of their game plan against the Bengals. Absolutely. You know, I I look at that, and I I think, you know, by golly, I think you hit on something there, Wex. You know, the tight ends. (laughs) Hey, hey, you know, that's why we bring you on, baby. You know, I mean, come on. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, again, you had success before, and it's I I, I can see success coming again if they're they're able to isolate and get the right matchups that they want. And I think the tight end, as we've talked about all season, the tight end has really been – overlooked you know throughout this season i mean i i really can see where where i think targets uh have not been um you know di- divided out very well amongst the wide receivers i think there, there needs to be more of a clear linear path to who needs what targets i if you catch what i'm saying Okay, let me, since we're on tight ends, let me kind okay. of go off topic a little bit and, and throw this curveball at you that Vic Ketchman threw at me last night because Vic Ketchman, of course, had a front row seat to the Larry Brown career. Okay. He wants desperately to move Darnell Washington to right tackle, Broderick Jones to left tackle, draft a third tight end in the fifth round, and go that way instead of drafting a tackle in the first round. No. And Darnell Washington, I'm not a big fan. I loved his hands and his target at training camp. But watching him try to get open and run routes, especially his knees seem to be bothering him, it just doesn't give me much confidence that he'll develop into that receiving tight end we expected at training camp. So, I mean, make the move. And I had asked I had asked Darnell Washington if anyone was asking him about tackle at the combine, at his combine. And he said, you know, I've heard things about that, but no NFL team has really uh, talked seriously about that. You know who? And I've asked him since if he's ever heard of uh, Larry Brown or even Moon Mullins was a tight end coming out. Right, he was. But you know what? To me, mm-hmm. that was Zach Gentry. I, I, I still say this today. You could put 50 pounds on Zach Gentry, and I think you'd make yourself a pretty good tackle. The opportunity to do that. 
If I well, I think Darnell's a better blocker, though. I do think that. Oh, I so think right now. Yeah, yeah, but I, even now, he's his blocking has not been of the 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 value that I I thought he would be. A little bit higher, you know. I expected a little bit more from him. That big frame. You know what I mean? Okay. If you if you look at some of the games where, you know, like it oh, where was it? When they ran the toss crack, he didn't get the, the you know, the blocks on the corner. And things like that he can do better. Well, look, he's a young guy. There's no doubt. His upside is huge. Well, there's also as a tight end, he's dealing with smaller and better athletes out there on the on the on the edges. That's what So it's, maybe that has something. Yeah. Maybe you know, you put on 30 put 30 pounds on him. And now he's better with defensive ends. I, yeah, it's just—it's a good thought. It's it a is. thought because the O line still needs patching, and uh, that is one avenue. I mean, they need a corner. They might need a quarterback. They need wide receivers. They need a middle linebacker. They need a safety. Uh, some of those positions can be filled in free agency. The cheaper ones, middle linebacker and free safe and safety, but. You're not going to get a good cornerback in free agency. You can't afford that, or a quarterback, or really a wide receiver. Those have to be draft picks. So can you be wasting your time drafting a tackle high, a center? You know, centers can be found in free agency cheaply as well. But, uh, you know, if you can eliminate tackle as a need, because I don't see Chooks lasting through his next roster bonus. And uh, you can make the case that Dan Moore needs – replaced i mean you could i know wolf you're a big dan moore fan and i respect that and i i like dan moore too but uh i'm not sure that everybody does you're gonna need a third you're, you're gonna need a third tackle anyway mm-hmm. Jukes does go so i like that idea of darnell washington uh, eliminating one premier draft pick that you're gonna have to make mm. that that takes a little bit of chewing on <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll give you something to talk about the rest of the morning. There you go. Hey, you've done d- your duty. Yes, he okay. has. No, but we, we we appreciate it. And as always, Wex, you know it's it's Wex Wednesday. It's Wex Wednesday always in the locker room, and we get to the pleasure of having Jim Wexel in here. Wex, we want to wish you a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, brother. The next time we talk to you will be post Christmas, and we'll be. Give, wishing you a happy new year during the next next show next That's week. Great. But uh, we appreciate it. You can Merry- go find him at jimwexel.com, Steel City Insider. And, of course, Wex, I'll let you have your statement. I just want to say Merry Christmas. That's all. I, I appreciate good. you guys. And uh, I, I always enjoy this segment. So Absolutely. Merry to you Thank you, brother. Listeners. Appreciate yeah. you so yeah. much. Okay, guys. As you, as you right, tuck under care. your Steel City Insider as you stroll out of the locker room. <laughs> uh, Cup of coffee. We appreciate it. Cup of coffee. A pipe in the front Tarrington. pocket. Uh, Tarrington. Okay, yes. Tarrington. Uh, a good a good old Tarrington. It's a beautiful ascot you got on there, Wax. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Crushed velvet robe. Yeah, it, it's awesome. Oh, what <laughs> but a no, picture. we appreciate you, Wax. Yeah. All right, we'll, boys. We'll Have a great week. All right, man. We'll see All you. right. Oh, man, that was the great Jim Wexel. Like I said, go to jimwexel.com. Also, the Palomalu book is on paperback at Barnes & Nobles or at your local bookstore. And you can also check out SteelCityInsider.com for all of his latest articles. We appreciate having Wex in here. All right, we're going to step aside. We will be back with more Inside the Locker Room here on ESPN and SNR Radio.
is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And welcome back to the locker room as we just finished up a great time with Jim Wexel. Always a fun time. I, I thought the, uh, the ascot was a nice touch there, Wes. You like that one? I, uh, what do you think, Max? I, I thought that was a nice touch to the robe. It, it, to it, the... It's refined. It's refined. It's refined. Yes. It is very refined. Much like an ascot. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just a fun exactly. word. It's just, a fun, get, it's just I, a fun I, I, word to say. Let me ask this. Was the ascot the precursor to the turtleneck? You know, or, or remember the dicky? Where the dicky was just all it was at the top oh, of the turtleneck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, is the got is that like, like yeah is that like the tux of like dickies? You know the ascot. <laughs> I don't know. I was just wondering. Yeah, the tuxedo, the tuxedo version. Yeah, especially if you had like the little collar where you could place it around, so it wasn't really like you had to fold the ascot. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's like the tuxedo shirt. You know, it's just as good for any situation. <laughs> right. Do you says remember? I'm here to party. Do you remember? Yeah, Christmas exactly. Vacation. When you got Cousin Eddie, Cousin Eddie's wearing like a dickie underneath a shirt where you can see the outline. <laughs> yes. You know? Yes. It's, it's hilarious. You know? Oh, As I love that movie. It, with those Sansevel pants, you know, the ones <laughs> yes. that have no no belt loops. It's just stretchy. <laughs> <laughs> real nice. It's classy. That's real nice, Clark. Real nice. <laughs> <laughs> I started thinking about that movie and all the lines that come up. It was on TV last night. Oh, was it? I mean, it's on most yeah. nights this time oh. of year, to be fair. I was about to say that. Yeah, yeah. I it's on most that. nights. We were, uh, we we're so my our kids they had a party at their daycare today. So okay. my wife and I were putting together some different snack trays and stuff like that, right? And one with cookies, and it was actually really cool. My wife took a bunch of veggies and built the Grinch. Right, oh. used like cucumbers oh, and wow. peppers. Oh, nice! And like uh, like blocks of cheese. This is Mueller's and made, got some uh, and, creativity wow. going and made, on here. It made the Grinch like on a tray. Basically, it was pretty cool. But we had uh, we had we had Christmas vacation on while we were uh, cutting, making cookies and cutting veggies and all that last night. All right, Max, you up first. What's your go-to Christmas movie? Oh man, I mean, I not, no, no, nothing be you, nothing be classic. Okay, well, I was going to say kids or non-kids. You know what I mean? Because yeah, well, well, your I age, mean, you got listen, the, Yeah, yeah, but listen, listen the, kid, the, kid, the kids got to learn some, at some point, you know? <laughs> That's right. You're going to learn today. <laughs> yeah, you go, you, you going to learn today. Yeah. Um, Christmas Story, man. Christmas, Christmas story, story is unrivaled. Unrivaled. And followed, by, followed by Elf is a, is a close number two. Will Ferrell kills me. I mean, he just. Oh, my gosh. He is he so is, funny. Um, I'm trying yeah. to think, uh, family or Christmas vacation was, I thought phenomenal. Yeah. I love that. It is. Um, kids don't quite get it, but right. I mean, it, it, it's, it's a timeless classic once the they Eulers? get to about teenage years. The, right. the, the, the Grinch. The Grinch. Ah, Grinch. My, the my, original cartoon my, version. My wife's an old school as well too. Christmas vacation, Christmas story. She does like Elf. Uh, I I like all three Grinches. I like old Grinch. I like Jim Carrey Grinch. I like yeah. new animated Grinch. Uh, but Jim Carrey Grinch is my favorite Christmas movie. You know, I was yeah, about I was about Jim nine. Carrey I was about nine, called. ten years right. old when that came what out. What about that Die was... Hard? Do we agree that's a Christmas movie? Yep, it is a Christmas. So movie. is Goodfellas. Is so is Goodfellas. Good, so, Goodfellas. Yeah, so is Goodfellas. Yep. yep. 
don't they know. have this yeah. scene in the bar in Christmas where there's the Christmas oh, lights right. everywhere and it's a Christmas party, Christmas movie. Yeah. When before they kill the the guy. <laughs> well, it's after they yeah. kill the oh. other guy. There's afterwards, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, Merry another Christmas. One. <laughs> Home Alone's one and two. Oh, I do yeah. not okay. recognize the third. Yeah. I do not Actually, recognize. Actually, that the would third be one. my wife's answer. The first Home Alone. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, you know what stunned me? Is, is classic. Yep. Yeah. What's that? The the Home Alone where he says. Um, gonna, something about you filthy animal. You remember that? That that's the, the first one. Keep yeah. The change, oh no, no, that's number two. Animal. All right, that's yeah. Keep that's the change. Number two. Filthy number two. Those Lost were in New York, those yeah. were pre-recorded. Those weren't movies. I thought that was from a movie. No, it's a fake movie. Yeah, it's for a, the yeah, movie. It's yeah, movie. it's yeah. a fake. Yeah, fake movie for the movie. Way to go, Wes. I like yeah. that. Yeah. I was yeah. I was shocked by that. I thought that was one of those old movies that you know you would. You, you you tune to and it, you know they got that one line like we quote lines all the time. Yeah, no, they, yeah, that that was one of the things that was really special about that one was that they pre-recorded all of these and it was just it was crazy is, and like you that said is great. that 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 was number two because remember Tim Robbins is trying to get into the uh, the hotel room right. Yep. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I love you. And Rob Schneider, uh, nope, I still got some tip left over. Okay. That's why he pulls a wad of money out of his robe. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> now, there's one we forgot. What's that? Jingle All the Way. Oh. With Arnold, oh. Arnold Schwarzenegger Arnold. and the Turbo Man. I need the Turbo Man. And of course, <laughs> of course, the, sa- the line that the good lady Faith says to Wolf a million times over the next week. Oh, these cookies! Put that cookie down <laughs> now! <laughs> Boy, do you know? Do you know what she says to me? My goodness! Put that, that cookie down, down now! Uh, no, yeah, that's oh my goodness! You know the my, oh my, my poor God, gal, man. She's funny. she's always you know urging me to make proper food choices and stuff. <laughs> and you know what it's like to be, you know, just a, a lifelong fat guy. You know what I mean? You can't help it. You know, it's just like fun. And then you get to Christmas time. And, you know, the whole thing is it starts around Halloween. You know, you get a little candy going. Then you got Thanksgiving. Yeah, just, and you're picking up steam. And then you're downhill. just roaring coming yep. into Christmas. And then you hit the new year. And it's like, I can't pull it. I can't stop that quick. You know, I don't have air brakes. You know the the January first resolution can't do that, Max. Yeah, no, it, 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 it's it's tough. It's tough, Wolf. I mean, we, we we all we all go through that kind of you know that 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 hangover of oh my God, look how, look how great this holiday was. Look how I mean, we still got leftovers here. I don't know how it ended up. Oh my gosh, it's January sixth. <laughs> yeah, what are you gonna do with leftovers if on your first day of the new year? You, uh, you know, one of your you're just throwing out half a ham, you know, you half, a, half a no. honey baked ham. You can't do no. That. There's plenty of slices left. Do you have any more ham sandwiches I can make? Oh. Who you needs know? even bread on that when you can dip that bad boy in mustard and just have at it? Oh, or or the glaze, or the glaze Ooh. that was on the honey baked ham. Oh, that's huh? good. Yep. Huh? Yeah. Uh, a little sopping action. I love. Oh, you I, know? you're speaking the language of love now, brother. Let me tell you. Yeah, I mean, listen. There, there are just so many good options out there. Why waste it? Why waste it? Okay, now here's, I mean, I got another, another, yeah. another question for you. How do you handle okay. Christmas in the desert? I mean, because you know you got youngins there, your your little gals, you know, yeah. and they, they got no snow. Yeah, Zooks, how's, how's Santa supposed to, you know, land on your roof? 
Well, you know, you got I mean, no snow. I mean, it, it's Spanish tile, so I mean, oh, okay. you know, very right. carefully. But I, there is a flat spot, <laughs> you know. Okay, I see how you're going. That'll I mean, work. he's magical in the first place, so right. I mean, he know he know he knows how, how how to prop how to prop up the uh, the sleigh and the Spanish reindeer on the tiles. roof. You got Spanish yeah. tile. You you hit a button yeah. in the sleigh, it turns to Spanish tiles. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like a skid proof plate you know he puts on there um but no i mean you know yeah we don't have snow but i mean we could drive two hours north and we got plenty of snow oh that's true you know that's that's right. the one great thing you know about the elevation about being in this region where it is mountainous um you know we could find it i mean in fact i think my wife and, and the girls are going skiing up in globe uh which is just north of here and they got a fantastic uh little little uh um like ski lodge up there no where they kidding. can go snowing for the day and then just drive back home the same day i mean oh, look, man, that's, yeah so so it's pretty so pretty cool i mean you know and i think that's one of the things as a kid who grew up in florida okay, you know i'm true. kind of more used to this and and everything else my wife you know she she's gotten adapted to it but right. the kids know no different okay. <laughs> so, yeah. that's true all right yeah, I, I like the the actually. The and they skied last. They, they skied last Christmas. I mean, listen, they, they no. were we were home together for Christmas Day. Okay. And then the next day, they they they, they were they were at Mammoth in California skiing for a week. So Mammoth, wow, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, okay. so, so so they they get their they they get their snow fix every year. I I'm the one that you know I have to wait for the Steelers to play in a snow game before I see <laughs> snow. <laughs> oh, so, Max, yeah. if you want to see snow, I can just FaceTime you. You know. <laughs> That, that that's okay that's okay I mean, you really don't want to see it that bad yeah, that's fine no i really i really don't i really it's one of those things where you know it's like no no don't go no you know as you're Please not go. really reaching your hand out you know it's like ah almost there oh couldn't touch it like when you add, when you offer nice to help somebody but you hope that they don't take you up on it yes exactly oh. Yeah, I'll yeah, help you move. Yeah, that, that's about it. You need some help moving? Actually, yeah, I could use you tomorrow. Oh, well, um, actually. Oh, that's right. Well, I I so tomorrow doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, what about next Thursday? No? Ah, I, you know, I got something there, too. Um, so, yeah, good luck with your move. <laughs> All right. We're going to move to the last, the last, uh, the, the, the bell lap coming up here with Max. You're in the locker room. It's Wolf Starks and the Ninjas, and we're talking Santa Claus. We'll be back after this. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. All righty. It's called the bell lap time here inside the locker room. That's right. As we bring another, another show to an end. Um, you know, little little business before we get to pleasure. Um, uh, on the practice report, you know, Broderick Jones dealing with an ankle, Pat Fryermuth dealing with a knee, Isaac Siamalu as well, shoulder. He's been on there uh, since the beginning of December, so nothing new there. Um, you know, but nothing expected for any of those to miss any time. Um, Cam Hayward, obviously, in the concussion protocol. Um, so that's something to keep a watch for. I mean, you know, as we look at the other side, you know, DJ Reader being out, you expect that to be a weakness. But also, if we don't have a Cam Hayward, they're looking at us the same way we're looking at them, licking their chops in the run game. 
Um, any other concerns there from the injury report yesterday, Wolf? Just the enormity of it, <laughs> you know. And again, it all comes back to the, you know, the the safeties. You know, I'm sorry. I just I look at that and to have a guy like Eric Rowe come in, which is great considering the alternatives, but yet, you know, to, to, we're losing out on on Minka Fitzpatrick, on you know Demonte Casey, who has um, shown so much uh, promise. You know, um, I, I just that that uh, to me, it's just an extremely difficult situation to be in. And the fact is, to have be able to get Trenton Thompson back, I'm, I'm sitting there going, I'm, I'm excited about that. You know, Trenton has done some good work in the times that he's, you know, been able to get on the field and, and done a nice job. But, you know, again, the, the run of injuries on the inside of this defense and the very essence of the strength of it right up the middle is just, it's, I don't know, you just shake your head sometimes. Yeah, it, it is. It, like you said, it's, it's been a rash of, a rash of injuries, man. Uh, and, and it's one of those things where, it just systematically, I mean, you're just talking about position groups being decimated yeah. like yeah. week after week after week. And you try and plan for one and try and cover, you know, it, 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 it's like, it's like, you know, the, the, the dam in Holland where the little kid has to put his finger right. in the dam, like to plug in the crack and then another crack happens and another crack. And you're like, I've ran out of space. I can't, I cannot, I can no longer plug this dam up yeah. <laughs> because exactly. I, I've run out of things to, 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 to stop the, to stop the water from coming through. And it just seems like, you know, it goes and it came in waves. I yeah. mean, you're talking about your inside backer position in decimated. Then next thing you know, it's your outside linebackers that get hurt in the following. And now you lose safeties. I mean, you know, God forbid. I mean, you know, I don't want to say what's next because I'm not trying to bring it upon us right. to have no to more. deal with it as well. Please, Lord, no more plague. Just, <laughs> but it's like, man, and then, you know, it's you can only recover so much. There's only so many guys um, you can have available. And that's why – and here's where my other thing is. I would love for – to understand the reasoning, why, if you have an active 53-man roster, can you not dress all 53? I know. It's like, it makes no sense. No. And these are the moments where you're sitting there. You're like, we have 53 guys, but we have to, we have to declare which which 45 no. out of the 53 we're allowed to play. So then you have the other eight just sitting there. Yeah. It's like, why can't you have everybody dressed? This is, and this isn't college. We're not, we don't have a sideline full of a hundred guys. Those guys are still physically out there. Like they're still walking. They're still taking up the same amount of space. You're you still know? paying so them. Yeah, you're still paying them regardless. So I mean, it's just that's one of the rules. You know, if I, if there is a Christmas wish, Wolf, uh-huh. and that's what I was going to get to. Christmas wish. What is your NFL Christmas wish? That is mine. That we will one day unlock the 53 man roster. We've expanded the practice squads enough that you should be fine unlocking 53 players to be active on game day. That is my Christmas wish. What is, what what would be your Christmas wish? My Christmas wish for the NFL would be. The next time the CBA comes up, that they kick up, uh, you know, the retirement benefits for us guys. <laughs> the, the, that is a very specific, specific and very selfish, uh, yes. generationally selfish. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Oh. What I wish is that they would be able to solve the problems of the, you know, the the, the hitting of the receivers. You know, I I don't know somehow. Some way, I, it, it rubs me so wrong for Demonte Casey 
to be kicked out for the last few games to suffer nearly a $300,000 fine. Uh, that To me, that is just that's egregious. You can't do that. That's just not right. You know, I, there was yeah. nothing about that hit that said intentionality. All it said was he, he didn't make the decision that the NFL wanted him to make in a heartbeat of a split second. You know, I mean, that's the essence of what I see in that. And I just think DeMonte Casey's a guy that, uh, you know, doesn't deserve to be kicked out like that. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you on that. And I think that's uh, that, that's very apropos when you think about it. Um, you know, it, do you think the appeal would would reduce the fine? I mean, it could potentially reduce it, um, but I think the biggest thing would be, you know, removing the suspension. You know, without pay would be the key thing. I think he would probably still have to pay the fine, but the fact that he could earn income mm-hmm. uh, for the rest of the games would be more important. I think that's what he might. That's what that's what could happen. Um, you know, they usually reduce fines when it's not a missing game percentage type of deal. But I think in this case, you know, removing the suspension indefinitely without pay would be the barrier. And I'm sure he probably still have to pay a fine because he's paid fines in the past. Yeah. yeah and he's a repeat true. offender. So I don't know if they reduce it in that situation. It would still be in place. But the suspension without pay would be the one that you want to get removed and be activated back to play, at least for the last two games. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, dear. You know, I just, what are you going to do? That th- that play, I keep watching it over and over, and it just, it, it, uh, you know, I, Gardner Minshew, I haven't heard a word of him saying, hey, I, just, I threw a bad ball. Or as, as, as they said, the guys there said, a hospital ball, because that'll get you in trouble. That's You end up in ballistic yoga there, like Pittman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's one of those things where, you think that you can eventually get to the point where it's like, okay, listen, guys, we 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 need we need to we need to work on this from a different perspective. We need to we need to hold more people accountable, and you know this is something that we can't let go on because a lot of onus and a lot of stuff is placed on the defenders versus accountability for the offensive guys, right. and I think that that's just not fair. No. You know, you have you have to have it. You know. With, with some form of equity and you can't put it on the defense because the defending position is a reactionary position. Um, and a proactive position is the offense. So you have a right to scheme and plan to eliminate that just as much as taking away the opportunity for it to happen. So there has to be some equity in that. Um, and it can't just all be on defensive guys. Cause that, that, that's truly unfair. Especially when you go, <laughs> you, you you dial up uh, John Runyon and you look at him leaping over the pile to tag some poor guy standing there with a you know as he as he leaps and gets prone in the air, he goes head first into the chest and helmet of a guy standing there watching it. You know, I gave it a ten out of ten. For yeah, he his, stuck the know, landing. That's, that's a for great, sure. great floor routine. <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys. Anywho. With that, that is a show, guys. I, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm yeah. gonna end it there. Yeah, we that's... appreciate it, and remember, we'll be back tomorrow, same black and gold channel, same black and gold time here on these airways for ESPN and SNR Radio. He's Craig Wolfley. I'm Max Starks. Wesley Euler, ones and twos. Uh, Ninja in training. CJ Sensei. Brian La Martina. Go make it a great day. <laughs>